Guys like Can Bear Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today, we have the co-writer and artist from the comic Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. I mean, if that name doesn't just <laughs> have you excited, right then there I don't the know what would. We welcome Matt Enton and Dan. I'm not sure how your last name's pronounced. You're going to have to help me with that one. No worries. It's pronounced Scotty. It's like Scotty if you had kind of a load on like beam them up Scotty. Exactly. I like it. I like it. I'm trying to think of a celebrity. Sean Connery? Oh, yeah, that you're saying yeah. it with a Sean Connery accent. Scotty. It's Sean Connery or Scotty. Shatner after a couple of Jaegers. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, on this week's show, we're going to kick it off in our retro roundtable, uh, keeping in the theme of Halloween, talking about popular ghosts. From throughout pop culture, I think this will be fun. Did you guys find any? Yeah, good? The, uh, mm-hmm. boy, the sea is vast. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, it though? To... Isn't it though? It really is. I just thought of one as we were talking. I had That's to write all it, it down. Takes. Right. So uh, yeah, that'll be fun to talk about. Then in the comic vault, gentlemen, what did you bring to talk about this I've week? I've got something called the Glass Scientists. The Glass Scientists. Mm-hmm. Also keeping in something of a Halloween theme. I think. Cool, Jack. Mine has nothing to do with Halloween, but it is being brought back from about a year ago I brought it. There's a webcomic called Rising Glass. Rising Glass? Yeah. Rising Sand became Rising Glass. Yeah. For some reason with your title Glass, it's Rising Sand. Oh, has a lot to do oh okay. Yeah. I, I was like, man, that's really clever what they did. I think I you were on the same page. Like, <laughs> oh, from has, sand to glass. Yeah. All right, Rising Sand. Rising Falls sand. in your court. <laughs> There's the name of your sequel. <laughs> Copyright can there. Well, a few of the books we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Matt and Dan and talk even more about Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. But before we do that, Jake. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All three of these things are perhaps equally important in the world of keeping us off the streets. So please... Go to our various social networking outlets, right? Like and share and retweet and just help us stay alive. On uh, Facebook and Twitter, we are at CandarePod. And on Instagram, we are at Canned underscore Air. So please please feel free to check us out. And don't forget, if you really, really like what we do, head on down to Patreon, where just a couple of bucks a month will go much further than you'd think. And if you reach that $5 threshold, you have access to the Founders Club Patreon exclusive podcast. Yeah, it's a whole catalog now. Yeah, there's a catalog. There's a hell of a lot going on in there. Yeah, and those were some good episodes. Absolutely, yeah. was a good some, episode, some of the episodes so. I think I'm most proud of, at least personally. Yeah, yeah. The Burt Ward one comes to mind. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I had pushed that out of my memory. But <laughs> Not hits right all back. Russian back. <laughs> all right. Well, with that all behind us, let's just kick it off with this week's retro roundtable. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, 
popular ghosts from across pop culture. Jack, you weren't here last week. Kick us off. One that is super popular and has had been around for a long, long time. The Ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, interesting I actually choice. thought of that, did you? Yeah, I did. Out of all three of the ghosts, that one has made the most impact. Certainly the, the most frightening. Uh, yeah, I don't know if really? that's... Really? Uh, see, with me, it's always Jacob Marley's ghost. That, that's the one that's always oh, more yeah, terrifying to me. Like, Locked in oh, torment. Oh, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking of the presence, the, past, and future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the f- Ghost of Christmas Future. He was the one... The, the past or future? The future was the Grim Reaper looking one. Yeah, right? yeah he's that's often the, one the Reaper-y sort of figure. And the past was the one who was like really tall, had the wreath on his head, the big green robe, That's right? Christmas present. That's present. present. Okay. Christmas what past was the, the sort little of ethereal angel one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sometimes it's a little girl. Sometimes it's like an angel with a candle head. Uh, to be honest, that's the one that always freaked me out because it's the most unearthly. I need to take get a look at this thing a little closer. I don't. I have no recollection no. of this one. No. Yeah, mine not was a candle. Future is the one that I. I, I yeah, yeah the one that to. shows Scrooge's grave. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That always looks like the Grim Reaper. Right. I have Scrooged mm-hmm. in my head. As <laughs> oh, all my man. references. Or it's some horrible amalgam of like faces and organs. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that we're almost to that time of year. It oh, just makes man. me cringe. Yep. We're no Dear more than God. a week or two away before we start seeing it in department stores. <laughs> oh, shit. No, it's, it's already, already there, there yeah, son. It's there. Oh, oh, shit. It is already well, there. there. Halloween's not over yet. And it's no. What about man or, or man, man or dad? I was going to say. What about Dan or Matt? You guys have a ghost you'd like to mention. One of my favorite comic book ghosts is uh, this Golden Age character called Kid Eternity. You know this guy? No, no I haven't heard of him. Well, he's he's the ghost of a child, first of all. So it, it, it starts from a grim place. Uh, but his his deal is that he's a, a kid who was murdered by pirates, and he went up to heaven, and. His his uh, guardian angel realized he had fallen asleep on the job and let this kid get murdered by pirates. So he sends the kid back to Earth as a ghost with the power to bring back any dead person from history to help him fight crime. So it's... Wow. Yeah, it's an interesting combination of, like, that's kind of a fun idea. He, a superhero who fights crime by bringing back Alexander the Great and... And you know Hannibal to to team up and beat up some gangsters, but also it's a dead kid who was killed by pirates. That's a so lot of responsibility it. to thrust on a child. Yeah. So is, <laughs> he raises the dead and then acts through them. He just kind of tells them what to do. He's you know he's just this tiny kid in a in a white leotard with a broad red belt, who just goes like, "Go on, Helen of Troy, go kick his ass. I'll be over here." <laughs> No, I've never even heard of this. I'm a little kid. Do this for me. Yes. Well, okay. I did yeah. conquer half the known world. But <laughs> you asked politely. Well, I'm sure if we wait a year and a half or so, it'll become a, a, a DC app streaming original series starting. Yeah, yeah so sure. Very good. Matt, what about you? Uh, well, because I come from the world of video games, I'm going to pick a video game ghost. And that is LeChuck from the Monkey Island series. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm the not... ghost pirate. Yeah, the ghost pirate LeChuck. In I've never fact, played those games. Me either. Oh, oh, you should. In fact, uh, and during you know Ed and my first meeting, that was sort of the subject of our conversation. We kind of connected on those old LucasArts titles. <laughs> But, um, you know, I've played them in the last five years or so. These are these games are now like 
bordering on 30 years old and they still hold up pretty well yeah he's a he's a funny ghost it's it's funny how uh some games you know that old can just seem like they're 10 years older than they actually are and then other games just you can slip right back into Mm -hmm. without ever missing into a warm bath yeah yeah exactly that's kind of how like mario 64 is you know like that That, game that one's still going strong for me the graphics are dated but my god no whenever they're not so we're near the 64 and we should turn it on buddy and that's what 22 now 22 years old something like that must be 22 it was 1996 there it is that's a keeper yeah (laughs) wow all right uh jake what you got i'd like to talk about beetlejuice uh, oh, the ghost with the most! Yeah, I know. I, I was hesitant because I'm like, I'm going to be stepping on somebody's toes. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to oh, talk about Beetlejuice. didn't even occur to me. <laughs> okay. Are you serious? Yeah. Beetlejuice has got it all, right? He's he's yeah kind of equal parts hilarious and terrifying. He's got everything we like about ghosts and none of the things we don't. You know, you think of ghosts in pop culture and it's all about the heavy emotional burdens and the unfinished business and just the state of constant sadness and then on the other hand you've got spooky pranks and you know it's scary <laughs> this and that and it's kind of funny and it's kind of frightening and he's all of that with like the fat trimmed off you know yeah he he just seems like uh no ma- he's content being whatever reality he can be yeah. in as long as he has access to sleazy shit right and- that's a dude who loves his job yeah 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 for sure so beetlejuice favorite ghost good point that was a good pick thank you good pick yeah Absolutely. Um, I don't know if mine's going to be as as popular as yours was, but who here remembers a movie called Ghost Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Who was it? Is that Bill Cosby? Stop who was it? Indeed. Yeah. That's yeah. a timely pick. <laughs> Topical pick. <laughs> yeah. I've never even seen the movie. I just remember the cover of him like walking through the front door. Without the door being open and the kid's like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> what a just total abortion of a movie. Guess it'd make a rape a lot easier if you're a ghost, right? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too, too soon? <laughs> too soon? Yeah, I don't even know if he's been sentenced yet. <laughs> oh, he's sentenced. Yeah, he's he's, he's oh, in jail. <laughs> yep. I know he was convicted. Yeah, he's he's behind bars. You might say he's wearing the chains he forged in life. Oh shit! That was a, that was a, did we just Christmas get Dickensian in that. here? Because I think we did. I think yeah. We did. Wow. Okay. I, I don't want that to be my real pick because I don't have much to say about it. I just thought I'd land a Bill Cosby rapist joke. What I want to talk about you, is ghosts, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I'll cross that off the list. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's why I was sitting there trying to think. But no, um, one I wanted to mention, I, I brought this movie up before uh, on the show. Uh, I think it was one of Michael J. Fox's last films was uh, The Frighteners. Does anyone remember oh, Frighteners? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Peter Jackson. Oh, oh, yeah. That was kind of scary one. for being a comedy, too. It was a dark comedy because it yeah. started off like he, he had the ability to see ghosts mm-hmm. and he had made good friends with two ghosts that they had a racket going. He would he would send them to a house to haunt it yeah, and then he right. would come in as the ghost uh, uh, whisperer or whatever, the, the medium almost, yeah. to flush the ghost out. But then he starts seeing real like demented ghosts like numbers on people's heads i don't remember the story but like he could see when somebody was about to die and like too real the number of which victim they were in this whole scheme would appear on their head moments before the the angel of death showed up that was a good film it was i thought anyway 
you can get out some of these old 90s comic books I have back here, you still see Frighteners ads in them. It's funny. But uh, anyway, I think we're back to Jack. Uh... Vigo, the Carpathian. Ooh, good call. There's a, there's a we are like plethora. the buzzing of flies to him. <laughs> plethora, though. I don't know if... Does he count as... I don't know if there's even a difference. The difference between ghosts and demons. Because I figure him... I was going to put him on my list, but he's like, eh, he's more of like a demonic entity than just like a... I'd say only through lost like... Lost spirit. The like, force of his evil, he gets that title. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's just... A really heavy ghost, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I'd say he still qualifies. I had Slimer on my list. Uh, uh, that was going to be my... That's like America's ghost, yeah. right? I mean, Ghostbusters can deliver. Stay puffed marshmallow, man. Come yeah, on. <laughs> you can just keep him coming. Actually, just reach right into the barrel and pull out a fish. It's <laughs> Gozer. Gozer. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The key man. Command me, Lord. <laughs> uh, All right, back to Dan. You know, I, I'm thinking about Ghostbusters. There's one ghost in that movie that always perturbed me when I was a kid. Because all the ghosts are, like, free-floating phantoms, right? They're, they're these special effects, like Slimer and the, and the, the librarian and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there's one ghost who's just a zombie. It's it, the cabbie, He's a taxi right? cab driver. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That always freaked me out. Because he's, yeah. he's not ethereal or anything. He's just a zombie. I and that, thought about that. Yeah, he's frightening. I know, right? He's just scared me when I was younger. Looking thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But didn't he, like, before it shows him sitting in the cab, you see, like, a cloud or like a spirit go into the tailpipe. Yeah. That's true. And then he's Wait. in there. So I see what you're saying, oh, that, though. He's that's like, what? worse. That implies that there was a corpse already in the cab. <laughs> yeah. It's just looking for a driver. <laughs> Maybe the ghost inhabited the cabbie. And he just and he just like shrunk like his skin like witch doctored into this <laughs> yeah. thing. Or maybe that's just what the cabbie looked like. Have you been to New York? That's well, a good yeah, point. That's, that's a fair <laughs> point. Not super far fetched. <laughs> smells Horrible about the same. He's on yeah. <laughs> scabies meets leprosy. Like yeah. really bad. <laughs> like that dude with the toxic waste in Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Matt, back to you. Well, you are joking about ghosts with Patrick Swayze, but I do think there is one great ghost in that movie, and that's the subway ghost yes. as portrayed oh, by yeah. Vincent Chiavelli. You oh, know what? Yeah. There's something. There's a little more going on under the hood with that character, Matt. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't go care ahead. what anybody says. <laughs> I'm with you on the Swayze ghost front, man. Like I'm there. It's on my fucking list. Let let them let them say what they got to say. Oh, you spin That's, a fucking pottery wheel. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Here on Chain Melody, certainly. I will. You fucking ten when that movie came out. What's and that? I, and I was ten when that movie came out, and I, the Subway Ghost. When you're that age, is legit frightening. Yeah. No doubt. And not only that, but when uh, somebody gets called to hell or somebody oh, gets yeah. killed. Those were creepy. Yeah. Those were creepy. Yeah. yeah. It's like black Jesus cellophane. Long shadows. Yeah. yeah. And Whoopi like Goldberg. My God. Frightening as fuck. Yeah. No. <laughs> that hair. That horrible hair. No eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Willie yeah. Lopez. What's Willie that? Lopez char- You're talking about Willie Lopez, the, ca- the character when he gets pulled to hell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, you just see Patrick Swayze, like, on looking with just the utmost yes. terror in his <laughs> eyes, like, holy shit, that's going to be me. But no, me and the guy at work, we have this thing, because uh, I don't know how we got on the topic of ghosts, but 
Whenever you're doing something right, you're Swayzian. When you're doing it wrong, you're Whoopian. So, <laughs> I don't remember how it came to be. Like Goldwinning, because Tony Goldwyn was the, the villain of that movie. Oh, my God. You're right. Oh. In stark it just doesn't have the name brand recognition. Yeah, Tony Goldwyn. Yeah, he, he was kind of like a like the uh, bargain basement James Spader. Like if you couldn't, if your production <laughs> could afford James Spader, someone called Tony Goldwyn. Wow, that's really that's really accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got I have just an accurate as ca- of a casting. If you mm. if you're big Hollywood, you go for Chris Hemsworth. If you're mm. lower Hollywood, you get his uh, dollar store brother, right. Liam Hemsworth. I mean, when yeah, you see him on screen, come on screen, you're like, oh, fuck. Every <laughs> this time, movie isn't going to be good. Dude, that's what you get with, like, every celebrity sibling. You look at them side by side, and you know which one got less milk from the teeth. Their face just <laughs> seems different. Look at the Baldwin. wrong. Yeah. It's, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. It's, it's what a visible good. hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget, there's a Don Swayze. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! What about uh, there's Bill Murray's brother? Mm-hmm. Yes, Brian Doyle. Oh, what about uh, Jeremy or or, or uh, fuck Ron Howard's brother? What's his name? Clint. Clint so Howard. You, like, all this stuff is just stored in my brain, like taking up valuable room in my brain. <laughs> Let me ask you this: If you if 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 Clint Howard were the best actor on the planet earth do you think it would make a difference uh i do be look i look at someone like paul Giamatti, right i you know he, he's not a classically handsome man but his acting talents are such that he's been able to land some pretty significant roles mm-hmm. so i i don't i don't think i don't necessarily think hollywood is all a beauty contest but Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Yeah. But Clint Howard. And hey, while we're on it, kudos to Charlie Murphy for like having a career in spite of being a celebrity sibling, right? He's yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. Well, because not of anymore. Dave Chappelle. Not. <laughs> but no, yeah, he definitely did carve his own uh, yeah. little right there. For yeah, for a sure. Bit, at least. Yeah, that was that was so surprising to when he passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I could not believe it. Like, it's wow, bizarre. he didn't seem like he was that old. No, I don't think leukemia. either of them are. Are they? Something like that. Yeah, or something like that. Oh, did he? Yeah, I didn't know that. It's yeah. a real shame. Yeah, and then Rick James, he died years before that. I don't even remember what of. But, Rick uh, James was... died a long time ago. His body just kept <laughs> moving. <laughs> Cocaine's so a hell of a drug. All right. Uh, Jake, back to you. I want to talk about maybe not necessarily his depiction in the movie, but certainly in the comics, Dr. Krause from Hellboy. Oh, oh wow. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the gaseous suit, right? Yeah, yeah. Sort of the, the captive spirit, that ectoplasmic yeah. man. Yeah, yep. yeah. And he had the suit that allowed him to manipulate the physical world. Yeah. Have little openings where he could kind of leak himself out to resurrect the dead for a little bit at a time. I just thought that was a cool concept, you know, as a solid ghost. Yeah. It's a ghost who's got a special suit so that he's less ghost-like. It's, it's, and he's a cool character besides. But He I, was a very cool character. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was sure. always something that resonated with me. I was like, 
And you know, I like that. I didn't realize. I just thought he was another being with a special ability. Like that was his like unfortunate. Oh, boy's a like, ghost. He's, he's a yeah. ghost. Yeah. Pulled he's him out of the ghost mm-hmm. world. And I did not know that. Him into the suit. Yeah. Wow, how cool. That, yeah. yeah, that's the another layer to him. Head. Yeah, yeah. The, the big yeah. vacant dome. There's mm-hmm. something about that. It was so cool in that film, though. Like how he would just deflate. Yeah, kind of becomes oops. Unkillable in that, right, uh, right? Right? What do you do to him? Pop him. <laughs> and then he'll find I mean, He can talk shit to you past that, but what else is he going to do? He can't <laughs> manipulate the world around you, right? Well, it's kind of a scarecrow situation where it's like they took my legs and they threw them over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, uh, what about the only other thing I have left on my list is uh, Casper. Yeah, the friendly, the friendly ghost. ghost. I don't know why he's so goddamn friendly. He should be pissed. Another dead child. He wanted a friend. He just wanted a friend. That's he it. needs to move on. Okay. He's got those jerks well, that live with him that always. Yeah. What are those assholes' names? I always forget. I don't remember. It's like Skunky stinky and Flupus stretch and some stupid and shit. Stinky, Stretch, and Fatso. Okay. Hmm. That's yeah. what they were. I, when I was a kid, loved Casper. Oh, yeah. But those three uh, were not like standout characters in the old cartoons. No. Not. I mean, there were the ghosts that gave him shit, but they weren't named, Like I don't think. They just gave him crap, and he'd go boo-hoo in the corner until some <laughs> like unconventional friend came along you know, and humored <laughs> yeah, him for I, an episode. I remember really liking Casper when I was younger, and getting older, I'm not really sure why. Just kind of faded out. Yeah. It's well, like when the imaginary friend thing. I don't think there has there been any kind of Casper promotion at all since that 90s movie came out. There was out. like, there was a shitty straight to VHS sequel or something. Mm-hmm. And that was about it. Oh, was there really? Yeah. How bad. How horrible. No, I, I was about the same age as uh, Christina Ricci when she was in that film. <laughs> and I, I had it for her. So, I mean, liking oh, Casper and liking did. her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was there. <laughs> I was there for sure. But uh, did you guys ever hear the theory that, and I, obviously I don't think it was ever proved canon or anything, but the Casper being the ghost of Richie Rich, since they looked exactly yeah, yeah, alike. Yeah, I always you know, thought that was neat. They had that same nose. It'd be cool if they tied it together. I, yeah. It just made me feel good knowing Richie Rich got what was fucking coming yeah. to him. <laughs> <laughs> Rich bastard. Yeah. Where does he get Why does he get it so fucking <laughs> good, right? One more ghost real quick. Sure. Space ghost. Oh, yeah. I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up, because that offers as a as a good segue into our Adult Swim. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about that. Pushes right here. I, you know, we're, we're going to... We're wrapping up the Ghost Roundtable here is what, what's happening. And typically, we rush right into a T-shirt commercial at society6.com forward slash pod. Get your T-shirts, get your koozies, get your decals. Wall clocks. Commercial done. <laughs> Commercial's done. But no, uh, what I, I was talking about is uh, last week, if, if you guys didn't hear the show, we got two packages from Adult Swim for two different shows. And uh, the, this one, Harvey Birdman. Attorney General has already aired October 14th, but typically with Adult Swim, you can get on their website and watch episodes that have aired. They are super good about that. They're very good about that. You've never missed an episode. You can always go there and check it out, which is what I'm going to have to do because I forgot to set my DVR. I'm giving advice and I'm not taking it. (laughs) What kind of of radio personality am I, right? So, uh, yeah, again, get on adultswim.com, check out that first episode of Harvey Birdman, Attorney General, and set the DVR for future episodes. And then this coming Sunday, October 21st at midnight, Dream Corp LLC Season (laughs) 2 is beginning. I have yet to see this show. I cannot wait to see it. It's 
God, there's there's so much going on. <laughs> it's it's all over the place in a in a positive way, mind you. But it looked funny. Yeah, I think it it's one funny. of those shows where they were given a blank check, to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I, <laughs> Man, I need hope to fill up airtime. <laughs> yeah. Let's write a show and get Adult Swim. Oh, I know, right? You think? I mean, it, one of their shows at night is just a camera on a fish aquarium. We can do better than that. That's an amazing show. It is an amazing show. I'm not talking shit, shit about <laughs> it, but I just know production-wise. That's not an expensive Can their productions program. can do a little bit better? Are you paying for fish food? There, there's, there's your overhead right there. <laughs> we probably couldn't superimpose the coins on the... No, we don't to, like, have that technology. Just hang pennies from fishing string. That's and a good way to kill your fish. <laughs> <laughs> Expensive tropical fish. Adultswim.com, Harvey... Excuse me, Harvey Birdman, Attorney General, and Dream Corp LLC. Season 2. Set the DVRs. Check them out on the website. Let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Who would like to go first this week? Jack, you want to go first since you weren't here last yeah, week? I'll go first. Oh, it was about a year ago. I found a webcomic called Rising Sand. Not glass. Yeah, Not glass. Dude, I can't believe I did that. But and it was clever. It'd be so cool. Yeah. It made perfect sense. It That's did. why. <laughs> it is about a fantasy world where this little impish girl named Dahl is, she's kind of a thief. Oh, uh, I want to say not so much an orphan, but she's kind of run away from her her sister, which is in a militant paladin kind of group where they're trying to clean up the planet. And she has a friend that's kind of a monk-esque guy. He's got these huge wrist gauntlets. And she hears from a bunch of merchants that the sun's starting to fall. And it's going to take out the planet. And that's a problem. Her monk that's friend, a big problem. Yeah. He's going to go back to where he comes from because he wants to get back with his religion. Basically, it's kind of hard to understand. I didn't get too far in the book. I didn't. I ended up kind of falling from it with all the other stuff that we have to read. But they get on. They get together. Go on a huge quest to find out if the planet's going to end up dying or not. Meanwhile, her sister is chasing her because she wants to bring her back to the. The town that she lives in. I have never uh, read Rising Sand, but I have seen the artwork from the times you brought it to the mm-hmm. show, and it is fantastic. It is absolutely it's well worth the attention. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and they just finished the first issue or first volume, which is ninety pages. It's on Kickstarter right now, and the end of it, I was flipping through at the very end. The two sisters get together, and there's a big fight. I don't know how many pages. There's a lot of pages, but it's all action, and the 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 artwork just got better and better because they've been doing it for about two years now I think it is Hmm. somewhere around there I caught it I got started not too long from when they started it but yeah it's good definitely worth it sounds like rising sand very Mm. good very good Uh, Matt or Dan would either of you gentlemen like to go next Uh, so this is about three years old and perhaps you've covered it on the show, but it is the last one that I read and I thought it was great. Um, the sculptor by Scott McCloud. Not familiar. Yeah. So, um, Scott McCloud, I don't know. It was the author of understanding comics, which I read in college actually as part of a film course. And, um, so he's, he's been in the industry since the eighties and, but the sculptor was the first graphic novel he's ever done. And it's almost 500 pages. He did both the art and the writing 
and it's just this sort of uh, beautiful meditation on life and death and art. I don't want to get too into it because I don't want to ruin it for everyone, but I, you know, I can get into sort of like the premise because that's introduced fairly early. Um, it's just sort of, it, it follows this uh, failed sculptor named David Smith, who's 26. And um, he makes a deal with death that um, he has, I, believe, I think it's three months to live, um, but he has the power to sculpt anything. He basically has this superpower. He can take any material and sculpt it like it's wet clay. And um, I'll just leave it at that. It's very unpredictable, full of a lot of turns and a lot of surprises. And, uh, it, you know, it made me, I think I, I might have almost teared up. I'm not a big crier, but I came close with this one. <laughs> Those are the best comics, though, the ones that uh, can make you feel, for sure. How many times yeah. did we say that on the yeah. show? You know? Not that it's anything prolific. Everyone knows that. Right, name, but there are a few that stand out, you know. When for they sure. hit you, they hit you hard. Those are the ones that stand out in your memory, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Dan, would you like to go next? Sure. There's a monthly comic coming out right now that I'm really enjoying, and uh, I'm actually not a big monthly comic guy. I don't I don't read many comics, uh, but this one is is a real reliable thrill. It's called The Immortal Hulk. It's the, it's the current Hulk book, and it it definitely goes in a in a very sort of dark doomed direction with with the character of the hulk it's it's back to basics it's it's just like the old tv show he's just a a homeless man going from town to town trying to trying to do a little bit of good which always involves him turning into this gigantic destructive monster sure but every every issue has this this uh this mystery to it the the the, the threads of each issue lay on top of each other creating this very full sort of mesh as you're reading through the issue and uh and it's all underscored by the by the new sort of wrinkle to the mythology which is that instead of turning into the hulk when he gets angry bruce banner now turns into the hulk when he dies and and it it makes makes every issue very very dark but it's but compelling and, and kind of um i don't know kind of very human in a way that uh I don't think the Hulk has been for a while. So if you like something that's scary and smart and like kind of depressing, but also like it's the Hulk, how depressing can it be? So I recommend this book. So you're saying that when he, like every, every issue has him like dying in a certain way, he, he hulks out. And then after everything's said and done, he's back to puny banner. Or is it like once he reaches the end of his life, he stays the Hulk then? You know, once he he dies, he turns into the Hulk, and then he turns back into still alive Bruce Banner. I see. Weird. But it's it's the yeah it's it's creepy. I I I wasn't sure I liked it at first. It was it was kind of like uh, it's it kind of like when you see a movie because your friend who's smarter than you just kind of dragged you to the theater and you're you're like oh I don't like this. Why is it in French? I don't dig it. But then after half an hour, you start kind of grooving on it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. this book. And, uh, Sounds cool. It, I like it. What's it called again? It's, it's called The Immortal Hulk. It's written hmm. by Al Ewing, and it's uh, it's definitely one to watch. 
I will look into that because I've, I've, I would love to read more Hulk. The only Hulk I've ever like read really is like World War Hulk or mm-hmm. Planet Hulk, wherever that stuff was. Um, and then I've got some like really old Hulk comic books, but nothing newer, you know. And I, I guess the last thing I saw was what uh, Old Man Logan and the Battle World. Wasn't there a whole thing where like the oh, Hulk sure. clan and yeah, they were uh, a bunch of uh, incestuous cannibals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and how yes. was it? That's Wolverine had killed the son of one of. I don't remember how it was, but it ended up being a pretty cool fight scene. I think the Hulk like laid down on Wolverine. You see him come hacking up through his back, like oh. it's, it's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's Very kind good. of funny. In a way, it's like you know, once the Hulk you know, has conquered the earth and, and gone to space and all that. This series is sort of like, all right, what next? What do you do next with this character? Yeah. And I guess the answer is you do some dark, creepy shit. I like that. I, I always figured, you know, Superman and the Incredible Hulk prior, probably two of the hardest characters to write for, because how do you continuously give them a new challenge, you know, that's mm-hmm. worthy of their strength, you know, mm-hmm. without being stupid or corny. Do like Dragon Ball, where there's someone, another alien comes that happens to be stronger. <laughs> I have more power than you, ha ha! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so on down the line for decades. Yeah. I must go train for years and I'll come back to fight you. Ha ha! <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the ha ha is coming from, but <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, very good, very good. That leaves one gentleman left. Mr. Jake, yeah. would you like to go next? Got a little something called The Glass Scientists, and the writer of this comic was good enough to have this really excellent uh, descriptive intro paragraph here right at the top of the page so I can get you interested in this comic without spoiling the story. Because, you know, with stuff like this, when people pour their heart and soul into something they're giving away for free, I don't want to spoil it for you. So The Glass Scientists is as such... The city of London is not the best place to be a mad scientist. Thirty years after the death of the infamous Dr. Frankenstein, its citizens have gotten awfully good at killing creatures, destroying laboratories, and generally wrecking anything new or strange-looking. Soon, every scientist within city limits will find themselves behind bars unless someone can turn their luck around and fast. That someone, it turns out, is a respected gentleman, an illustrious socialite, who also happens to be a scientist himself. He believes that rogue science can survive and thrive as he has, if only they could improve their reputation in the public eye, and he plans to give them one hell of an image makeover. Together with his Society for Arcane Science, he can end the reign of fear and superstition that has held London captive for decades, so long as no one discovers his one little secret, a secret that could ruin him and unravel the lives of everyone he knows. This man's name is Dr. Henry Jekyll. Ooh. Yeah, see, doesn't that all come together yes, nicely? it certainly does. If that doesn't have you interested already, I, I can't do much else for you. I can, I can tell you the art style is phenomenal. It's just the right touch of almost Baroque detail and then like soft cartoonish visuals. I don't know how what other word to use to describe that, but it's it's really got it going on. And I tell you what, guys, it's phenomenal. If only for the concept, but it backs it up with a great story as well. So... By all means, check out The Glass Scientist, written by, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Sabrina Coutinho. Um, on Twitter, she is at Arethusa, A-R-Y-T-H-U-S-A. So please give her a follow. Check out the comic. It is well worth the time. And I love that we went from Incredible Hulk straight to Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Hyde right? you know, that's, that's such a such nice a natural flow we got yeah. going on here. I love that. Very good. Is this comic uh, on its own website, or is it? It is, yeah, uh, yeah. Just okay. punch Glass Scientist into Google, and you are right there. Will do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
It does sound really good. Yeah, it's awesome. It sounds awesome. All right. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Matt and Dan and talk about Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. Guys, I want to thank you uh, first for being here with us today. I hope you're having a good time. And two, I just got to tell you, I have never seen a comic idea quite this original. (laughs) I mean, it's going to stand out or it already is standing out on the shelves there. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia? Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's actually started out like we've been writing this on and off Ed and myself now for about a decade. It started out as a screenplay and, um, you know, like we, (laughs) we sent it to our manager and she basically said, I don't know who would possibly be interested in this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, since then, we it, it went through one iteration as a, we did a first issue comic script. Then it turned back into a screenplay, <laughs> and then it was a television pilot. And then finally, you know, like we, we so it, you know, the, the a lot like the essential components kind of stayed the same. Um, in fact, there's a lot that's in the comic now that was in the first draft we ever did of the screenplay. Um, but it, it, we just sort of got to a point where like, obviously this concept means something to the two of us. I'm talking about Ed and myself mm-hmm. and we just feel like we got to get it out there in the world. And, you know, a comic is something we can reasonably do. We can self fund it. So, you know, we don't have to rely on some producer, you know, putting together a five million dollar budget to put this on the screen, and um, you know, about this was, gosh, it's just Dan. How long ago did we contact you? I think it's been two years since we first reached out to you. Uh, Trump was not yet president. Yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> the before. Um, <laughs> But it was really Ed kind of spearheaded this effort. He's like, look, like, I just want something to hold. Like, so, you know, even if no one's interested in this, we have something like tangible that's a product of this, you know, these 10 years that we've been sort of dedicating to this concept. Um, So Ed actually found Dan and I saw Dan's work and I loved it. And, um, you know, we self-funded the first two issues and, um, you know, just so right before Rose City Comic Con last month, uh, we signed with Starburns Industries Press, which um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Starburns, but it's uh, Dan Harmon and Dino Stamatopoulos' production company. Dan Harmon and, is in like Rick and Morty Dan Harmon? Yes, yes. It's Rick and Morty Dan Harmon wow. and Community Dan Harmon. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and this is not to say, like, we have no idea if Dan Harmon has actually read our comic. <laughs> uh, he, he kind of, like, he, he, he put together a team of people he trusts, and they're the ones sort of, um, you know, deciding on what material they want to publish. In fact, Dan actually has a comic that he's done through, it was, it was part of the launch of the um, of the Starburns imprint. I'm totally blanking on what it's called. Uh, Gregory Graves? Gregory Graves, yes. That's, 
yes. So essentially, so if, yeah. Uh, it, you know, what if Lex Luthor was a little bit less of a prick? Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically like what if Lex Luthor was right about Superman being an existential threat towards the planet and the human race. That would be and cool. It, I don't it, think he's it, wrong anyway. It, yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> well, and, and that was kind of, it was encouraging to see, you know, Starburns carry a book like that because it, it, its premise kind of rhymes with WrestleTopia. Like, it's the same kind of big concept idea. Of, what if this, but this? Hmm. And, uh, and it's cool to see a publisher who's willing to take swings on kind of big... Uh, big fun goofy ideas like WrestleTopia. well you know i mean i've seen there's a movie out there called killer clowns from outer space and i think <laughs> that's, that's probably far crazier a concept than this is the sky's the limit right here yeah um i gotta say one you know the the art is fantastic love the art love the concept of the story it's just all around seems like a ton of fun uh, you know, the cover of it, though, I think really spoke to me. I got in on comics in the 90s, and there's something something kind of 90s about it, the front of that does. comic. And, yep. um, and I hope you guys take that in a good way, because I mean it in the best possible way. It's a time a... when biceps were huge and no gun had fewer than three barrels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a good time that was, TJ. A golden age. <clears throat> but with the number of wrestling fans, Christ, I mean, when we go to these cons, the wrestlers that come are getting... Far more business than oh, yeah. the, the movie stars. Like they've got lines wrapped around the building. It's nuts. Um, so there's no shortage of wrestling fans. But yeah. um, you know, I think also with the saturation of superheroes, not only on in comics, but you know, in now television and movies, people are really gravitating to different concepts. They really are. Anything that's and, a little bit different. Yeah, and image, you know, is there to kind of fill that gap. But uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there. Are, there's. I know there's many other comic publishing companies out there that offer a variation but this one just says out loud we're different we're not going to bore you with the same <laughs> shit they are and i think that's a good thing a good Absolutely banner to have is. on your comic yeah oh go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh but there's a definite premium right now for uh, comic book ideas that you can make into a tv show with like some costumes and some cars and uh and sometimes publishers can be a little gun shy about a a concept where like a couple costumes and cars ain't gonna cut it like a, you know big juicy comic book concepts um i mean that's part of why i wanted to work on this in the first place i didn't even know anything about wrestling before i signed on to the book but it was just such really? a fun idea really uh and then i educated myself and now now i now i love wrestling now wrestling is awesome um but uh it's That's something else. I, I, well, it's it's just cool seeing, and I, I mean this is a total positive, a lack of pretense, a lack of like dancing around the concept. Um, I'm sure you've noticed this when you see superhero movies, like um, even good good ones tend to have this element of like if you saw Man of Steel, it felt kind of like it was embarrassed of Superman, like. Like we'll 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 put him in his cape and whatnot, but it's gonna be really serious, you know. And, yeah. You know, there's, there's not gonna be many colors. You know? <coughs> it's, he's gonna be really sad that he has to be Superman. I see what um, you know. Yeah. Sacrilege, 
but that is was always my problem with the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I know I am trampling on holy ground when I say that, but they always felt like comic book movies that were embarrassed to be about a comic book character. It's true. Yeah. I can see that. More so with Uh, Man of Steel than Dark Knight films. I think the Dark Knight was just trying to make what they love as realistic as possible, you know? Where I can totally see what you're talking about uh, with Man of Steel, though. That's a good point. And that's something that you don't get necessarily in in something like like this. Um, And and that's, I don't know, that's just an exciting thing to be a part of. Absolutely. And, you know, you've, you, I, I know what you mean, and it's obvious the world does, because you've seen our comic book movies take a hard turn also in the past two to three years where yeah. they're giving you exactly what you want for the most part. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you're not getting uh, Topher Grace Venom anymore. You're getting, any, you're getting big old Eddie Brock Venom now, yeah. you know. <laughs> It, it uh, took them long enough. They're starting to hone in. And on. I'm sure you know there's things that are imperfect about that. But um, no, I see what you're. Uh, I see what you're saying. But I, I just I love the way this looks, and uh, I think it's going. I mean, it's already probably a hit, right? I mean, you guys are on Comicsology, Amazon. Where else is this comic available? We're also in the, the iTunes store as well. But oh. now, now that we're part of the Starburns family, we will be uh, pulling those episodes off of those platforms. They'll be back up, but uh, there'll be a little redesign because now we are, you know, uh, on the Starburns imprint. Now, when you say, I'm sorry, did you say episodes? There are actual like physical episodes on three, iTunes. So we are doing three issues. I mean, six issues. And um, hopefully, if it proves popular enough, it will. And th- these will be digital releases. And hopefully, if this proves popular enough, uh, it'll be collected into a trade paperback. Mm. Um, but I, I will say we're doing special bonus content that will only be in the individual issues and not in the trade. Mm. I smell a kickstart needs promoting in our future, huh? Safe bet. <laughs> I would say so. You guys are going to have to let us know uh, when you are beginning to do that, and we'll definitely get you back on the show. Hey. Yeah, yeah. But sure. uh, issue three is uh, just about to enter color phase right now. Dan actually sent over the inks for issue three just a day or two ago. So things are humming along, and um, after all of that's out there, we will be bi-monthly until uh, issue six, which completes. It'll be a closed-off story. It'll be a self-contained narrative. Very good. Very good. Now, as far as where people can reach you guys and get a hold of you, are you guys on Twitter? Oh, yeah. What are your handles? Yep. Well, I'm I'm on Twitter at at Dan Shkadi. That's D A N S C H K A D E. And I'm uh, also at danshkadi.com. Ed and I collectively are Suspicious Behavior Productions, and our Twitter handle is at sbp underscore comics. I'm sorry, really quick. You said that was s. SBP comics, SBP underscore comics. That's us. Um, And uh, we have a pretty active Tumblr, which is just suspicious behavior productions. Me individually. And if you follow me, like I don't 
tweet very often. I'm not very active on Twitter individually, but I am the Mad Enton. The Mad Enton. Enton, yeah. Enton, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, even though he's not here, I recommend you follow Ed, and he is just at Ed Cannell, K-U-H-N-E-L. All right, lots of different handles there for people yeah, to check out. Yeah, there's out. A lot, there are a lot of new Twitter accounts for you to follow there. We like that, though. We like that. Yeah, I can dare here. We sure do. Uh, more more methods of promotion, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. Never have too many. Never have too many. So this is great. Again, uh, this comic is also available on Amazon and Comixology. Uh, Matt, Dan, is there anything else you wanted to uh, say really quick? Uh, just check out Recitopia in its original form while you can, and then check it out again under the Starburns label. Well, once you guys are uh, ready to you know, collect those into a trade or start crowdfunding, let us know. We'll definitely get you guys back on the show, get Ed involved, and uh, have a hell of a lot of fun in the process. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to come back. Um, awesome. Hopefully, we will have a trade maybe you know, in the spring or so. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll set that up in February then. That sounds about, that should be about right. Awesome. Dan, Matt, thank you both so much for being here and uh, for making an awesome comic and uh, sharing it with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you, thank you for having yeah. us on. Yeah, thank you. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Check out the Holly Hero to see the Wall of Justice, see some of our videos from our YouTube page. Click on that birch button, buy a merch, buy some merch, become a buy patron. A <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to send us an email and say hi or be on the show, send us an email on our contact page. And don't forget, on Facebook and Twitter, we are at CannedAirPod, and on Instagram, we are at Canned underscore Air, and we're on Patreon. That's perhaps the most important one, because mm-hmm. we love what we do. But it's not free to make. So uh, if, no, you're, if you like it, if we've entertained you, by all means, throw a couple of bucks our way. If we haven't entertained you, throw some money our way and maybe we'll get better to the point where you're entertained. <laughs> <laughs> and people, we are just, a, what, a week or two out now yeah, from yes, the launch are. of What If? It is definitely still happening. We haven't been lying to you. We're just a little <laughs> late on our launch because uh, we were waiting on money that we finally got. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not our fault. Actually, wheels we, are yeah, yeah, wheels are turning again. So again, on Facebook at uh, What If PDCST, yep, and on uh, Twitter at What If I don't even remember what, what If Series on Twitter. Give us a follow yeah. in these places and be in the know when the launch happens. And uh, I'm sure we'll let you guys know on all the canned air fronts as well. And one last thing going out, this week begins uh, the start of a three, at least a three-week residency with a band that we featured on the show before back oh, in uh, 2016, right. Hail Sagan. Uh, we uh, featured their EP on the show. They've, in the meantime, they've put a few singles out and have a new one coming out uh, October 19th. So if you're hearing this, it's out. So I think this episode's coming out the same day it's released. Called The single's called Hater Bait. Though I don't have that right now, as it's not released, we are going to be going out on Hale Sagan's Stealing the Crown song. Great band. Recommend checking them out. Um, and I hope they get around here sometimes, because I would love to see them live. They've been not too far away. I think maybe in Kentucky or something like that. Really? One of her posts on Instagram, she said they were, they were pretty close, but never... I haven't made it all the way up here. Yet. Ohio Sagan. Yeah. Ohio. Ohio's <laughs> better than Kentucky. That's Come true. On. That's empirically true. <laughs> so true, right? 
Again, Hail Sagan, Stealing the Crown. Check them out. We'll have links on our uh, on our social media posts or areas, whatever the fuck they're called. And I think that does it for this week. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack DeWard. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Dan Scotty. And he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad it's my mic was off, and I'm mad. At- <laughs> there we are. There we are. Thanks for listening, everyone.
Joey, why don't you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall? But I don't wanna. What are you, chicken? Hold on there, boys. Wow, it's Flint. Instead of writing your name, write CandairPodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hot dog, we've made connection. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing all Good. right. Hey, Matt. Hey, I didn't know you were going to be on here, Dan. <laughs> when you least expect me. That's uh, <laughs> it's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I hope so. I felt what like we were about to. It? Yeah. You son of a bitch. Of all the podcasts in the world. <laughs> you had to walk into mine. <laughs> I just brain farted. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.